Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is Dorak Tali, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, the one, the only... Garrett K. Jones. That's right. And, well, Garrett, how are you doing today? I'm good, but it uh, to paraphrase Bill Murray, it's raining again. <laughs> where it's kind of crazy here because we like we have a lot of reservoirs here uh that are or at least like lakes and everything that are well above capacity um like there's an area here called pine flat and they're at like 85 88 capacity and that's not counting the snowpack that's forming that will melt during the summer and if they go anything above that capacity, it's gonna it's gonna stress the dam way too much. Mm. But then um, we're having flooding here in the county because uh, there are parts in uh, the south part of the county that were part of Tulare Lake. If you look at if you if you do some research on Tulare Lake, it's actually it was the largest lake we- uh, west of the Mississippi, I believe. Wow, and it is it's starting to refill and there there are now towns there that are underwater more or less wow so i guess the old the, the song it never rains in southern california is a lie don't know I, I think maybe whoever wrote that song just wasn't paying attention to history ah so uh yeah uh, although technically you're not in Southern California, you're in Central. We are in Central, but it's technically the southern half of the state. Okay. Yeah, California is a big state. Yes. Yes. Um, well, everything here is going fine, other than, as I mentioned off camera, I made my daughter cry. Um, shame. Yeah, I know. For I know. Shame. I'm a bad, bad shame. It's not like he actually did anything wrong, folks. He just... Uh... Reminded her that veterinarians sometimes have to put animals down. Yes. But she's eight. So. (laughs) She'll bounce back. Yeah. 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 And I burnt bacon. So. Okay. Now that right there. (laughs) That's that's unforgivable. That's a worthy trespass. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not here to talk about veterinarians or bacon. Uh, both of which are good and uh, necessary. Or necessary for society, especially bacon. <laughs> Makes everything better. That's right. Letter, yes. <laughs> Could it make the sequel trilogies better? I don't know. Maybe if I was eating bacon and it was laced with like LSD, but I doubt it. Wow. So this week we are talking about the newest installment of the Bad Batch. This is what episode fourteen, I think so. And we, I mean, we have two more episodes to go, but only one week. Uh, Next week will be a double batch. Ooh, Uh, a double, uh, a two, a two for one, uh, two episodes in one day, Um, and that will round out the Bad Batch. So next week will be a little bit of a extra long episode and stay tuned. We have an announcement at the end of the show concerning 
an upcoming episode of War of the Stars. Ooh, so, uh, this episode, um, the, I mean, just, first off, I thought this was a lot better episode than last week. Um, Definitely. Uh, kind of all over the place, uh, which was fine. Um, you know, it was kind of tying up a lot of loose, uh, some loose ends, bringing everything up to speed um, to what's going on and where everything uh, is going on. And we start with the return of Echo. Yeah. Echo is back. And uh, Captain Rex. It was a, it was a really good episode jumping off i mean really action-packed i like the yeah. ship that uh that rex and crew were using for yeah. uh hijacking the imperial cruiser yeah yeah uh, there was a few brilliant. little things that i that i i noticed and um the uh the guys at screen crush noticed too uh the little detail when the when the little escape pod that came went to attach it uses thrusters to slow down Mm-hmm. To kind of attach, which was a cool little thing. Remembering that physics still 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 does exist in the Star Wars universe. Yes. Um, looking at you, bomb scene from Last Jedi. Uh, uh. Anyway, anyway, it yes. goes down with uh, with horribly paced, you know, Ryan Johnson scenes. Um, yeah, I thought the uh, the pacing of it was really good. I mean, tonally, the episode was kind of all over the place because you, you're jumping back and forth from what Rex and crew were doing to um, to what was happening with Crosshair, Crosshair, what was happening on Pabu with them getting the information about Crosshair. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I feel like part of the – I feel like this episode, as good as it was – kind of encapsulates one of the the issues that I've had with this season is that the season like it's like the writers did not put together a solid trajectory for how the season was going to flow and they've been trying to like bounce back and forth and and uh, keep track of all these characters but they just weren't sure how to go about doing mm-hmm. it and it felt like it was kind of all over the place and this one episode feel, feels like that kind of that microcosm of of that larger problem. But yeah, the writing was good on it. The scenes were, were fantastic. And the thing I, I, I think I appreciate about it the most was the fact that Crosshair has become a sympathetic character. Finally. Yeah. Because before this, I mean, like he's he's just that that guy that he's the sociopath on the team, mm-hmm. and then he breaks he breaks rank. He goes back to the Empire. He does so willingly. He's not under anybody's control, and then he comes to realize exactly how yeah. far he's fallen. And I think they they really planted the seeds for that even last season in the last season mm-hmm. with that that talk that uh, Crosshair and Omega had. Where Omega sympathize, not I wouldn't say sympathizes, but empathizes with him, and you know says that basically says that you're still my brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, no matter what, you're still my brother. They're still your brothers, and that will never change. Yeah, 
And even saying that scene where he says, I understand, I, I understand you can't help it. It's your, you know, it's your programming. It's what you were designed to do. Yeah. Um, you know, well, you know, almost, you know, you know, not excusing what he was doing, but understanding and sympathizing and realize, you know, with why he's doing it, why he's doing it. Not, you know, not saying that it was right though what he was doing, but understanding why he, he was doing it. Yeah. I, and what I think is interesting though, is and I still, I know I might be going off the rails on this, but I'm, we're starting to see that not only is the audience showing some sympathy for crosshair in this episode, so is um, the the gal that's helping uh, the doctor. Mm, yeah, um, because she, uh, like she, I mean, it almost felt like she was letting him go when he did his initial escape yeah. from the cell. Like almost like she like loosened the straps and the restraints just enough for him to grab a weapon. Mm -hmm. And it's like yeah. if if she knows how dangerous he is. And she's not on. She's not like some kind of um, spy or anything like that. She wouldn't have done something like that. Yeah, yeah. And to put you know that much trust, knowing that he could easily have just killed her mm -hmm. when he got out. He could have easily just have shot her with a blaster. But he he stunned her, didn't he? Yeah, he stunned her. He shot everyone else. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So it was almost like he understood too, you know, that hey, you're kind of letting me out. Yeah. Um, and we just talked a little bit about the uh the once again the Star Wars on the nose naming Dr. Hemlock. Right. <laughs> like, really? It's it it's it's simultaneously the most like like normal name in the entire Star Wars universe as far as last names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it once again, you know, a traditional comic comic actor playing a very very serious role. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was from uh, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, yeah, from uh, I know he did. Uh, it's he always said, funny. No, uh, Jimmy that? Simpson's done all sorts of stuff. Um, he was one of the first things I ever saw him in was the the comedy movie Loser with uh, Jason Biggs. Okay, he's like a college, uh, like a, a roommate, and he, the guy's a complete. Um, like he he you know get deals in uh, uh, GHB or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's done all sorts of stuff, and like one of the uh, he was one of the last things I saw him in was. He played the um, the younger version of Ed Harris's character in Westworld on HBO. Okay, okay. Um, he's he's really. And that's the thing is that uh, when you have comedic actors, they're really good at doing serious roles because they're they're quick thinking when it comes to uh, and adapt and to adapting to the scene as far as what is needed of them emotionally and yeah and, and uh, whatever that character is going to be. So you take a comedic actor and they're really going to turn heads because it's not just, they can, they can play the emotion really well. Yeah. Um, in fact, Joss Whedon, who, uh, when he directed the, um, the follow-up film to his Firefly franchise, not to jump franchises here, but 
when he directed Serenity, there's this holographic recording of a scientist who worked for the Alliance government and was trying to bring peace to this planet called Miranda. And they had uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Paulson, who um, she, you know, she's gotten famous on the American horror story anthology series, but you know, back in the early to mid two thousands, she was still just a comedian doing, doing uh, comedies and, and stuff and chick flicks and stuff like that. And so she does this one scene where she's recording something really quickly and uh, she's in danger and you can hear the sound of the people trying to break into the room where she's at. And you can see that emotion on her face. Um, and so, so yeah, Jimmy Simpson, jumping back on topic, he uses those skills very well playing mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And plays the, you know, the, the soft-spoken, you know, villain, you know, that not, not every villain has to be, you know, yelling and screaming and yeah yeah it's very which is even more chilling you know that yes because you because you're not entirely sure what's going to happen next what they're going to do um he he could just as easily kill someone as he would just be like okay you're fired yeah yeah um i'm still i'm still kind of what's interesting is the uh the character, the character who plays his assistant, mm-hmm. uh, doc- it's Doctor Hem- Hemlock. Assistant. Um. Yeah. Um. Do they give her? Do they give her name? They do give her a name, and I'm I'm trying to remember what her name is. Um. Emery. Emery. Yeah. And so she's supposed to be his lab assistant, but what's interesting is if you if, if you pay attention to her character, her name is Emery Carr. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention to the way she's she's modeled, like the coloring on her, uh her her accent, it's very unique because mm-hmm. the actress who plays her is um is um uh Keisha Castle Hughes, who was right. in uh, who was in the mo- the movie Whale Rider, and then she she actually played one of the Sand Snakes in um, in Game of Thrones. And what's what's interesting is like her her accent is a New Zealand accent, yeah, which is the same accent used by the actress who does the voice of Omega. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yes. I, made this, I made this comment before a couple weeks ago. I I maintain that Emery is an older version of Omega of Omega mm. because like she's got the same coloring, she's got the same kind of voice, just a little bit older. Um, she's got the roughly the same build. Like if you were to age Omega up a few years, she would probably be almost a, the spitting image of Emery with the exception of the hair and hairstyle. Mm. In fact, I'm reading on StarWarsNews.net right now. Uh, it, sa- uh, it says here, um, when chatter started to circulate after episode 12, the outpost, that there was, there was more to Emery than met the eye, particularly given her New Zealand accent, plus a role as a laboratory assistant in a cloning research facility, all eerily similar to Omega. Mm. 
So I, I'm, I, I hazard a guess that she is an older variation of the Omega genotype. Yeah, maybe it was a, because there's always been the speculation that Omega is force sensitive. Right. Maybe Emery was a previous non-force sensitive version. Like they were right, and and the thing is, is if if what they're doing with Bad Batch and Mandalorian right now come is is true to form, and they're trying to kind of retcon some of the things from the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. this goes a long way towards that because what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, learn how to clone a force sensitive individual, which is what is used on uh, on Palpatine in Rise yes. of Skywalker, which previously. It was it was claimed that it's impossible to clone uh, a force sensitive user, right? Um, that there's usually some kind of problem and the clone breaks down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know in the uh, the EU part of the problem was is that the uh, um, the clone would sometimes go insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, other things. Of course, even in the EU, the old EU and now Legends continuity. Um, they, you know, they brought the emperor back through a clone, right? To, um, but it was an imperfect clone. It broke down way too quickly. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, that's why you had the the num- numerous number of vats that were cloning. Um, yeah. Well, and then and on on top of that, the the other the other factor for that is that um, this was actually a a plot point that came up in the Force Unleashed franchise. Um, mm. it, the second game in uh, which the Force Unleashed, if you've never played that video game, it like the first one is great. Um, it ties really well into the canon of Star Wars. Um, but the uh, the sequel picks up even better and it deals with that thing of that issue of cloning. And you actually get to go to the cloning facilities on Kamino. Mm. Um, and uh, the Jedi character that mentors Starkiller on towards the light. His name is Ron Coda, and he tells he tells Starkiller, he's like, you can't clone a Jedi. It's impossible because the Force doesn't allow it to happen. Yeah. You're always going to get some kind of corrupted version. He's like, if you're here, it means you didn't die like like everyone thought you did. You're actually here because you're really Starkiller. Hmm. And so you're so as you're playing in the game, as you're playing as Starkiller, you as the audience are wondering the same thing that Starkiller is. Am I a clone, or am I the real deal? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and so I think what we're seeing here is, I, I, I think what we're getting at is the the retconning is that there the reason why Omega is so important is because, as you say, she's force sensitive or at least yeah. appears to be. Yeah. To, now, um, with that, is that something that bothers you at all that they're they're putting this in? That they're making that they're possibly making her force sensitive, you know. Or I, is that something that you're like, yeah, it makes sense for for the way the story's going. As far as the way the story's fine. going, it feels like it's a it's a natural progression. However, I just kind of wish we'd let to not to not to quote or paraphrase Kylo Ren, but I just kind of wish they'd let the sequel trilogy die. Mm destroy it if we have to um because you know it's not good and as as bad as the dialogue was in the in the prequels 
I find myself enjoying that storyline much more because it was it was concise, it flowed. You didn't really have to do that much to retcon any of the things that were established in the original trilogy. Right, right. Um, well, so then we return for a little bit to uh, what was Palu was the name of the planet, Pablo. I believe. Pablo or uh, Space Grease. Um, yes, look, Space Creep, basically. Um, I felt like we should be, you know, a a, a, a Star Wars rendition of Mamma Mia should break out there any time, any minute. Oh yeah, gosh. Oh man, the only the only thing that could make uh, Pabu seem any more interesting is if the entire the one island on this oceanic planet, the one yeah, island, one island, four people. Um, is if it was actually secretly a dormant volcano that erupts and splits into a into a ring shaped atoll left over and everyone dies. <laughs> that would be all it's like, oh, it's Santorini all over again. <laughs> oh wow. Um and the uh at the end the batch are left with what um a decision to make. Yeah. You know, do they, they do they, they go gonna... after their do they go after their brother? Do they trust Crosshair? Because as Wrecker said, it could be a trap. Yeah. He could be setting them up. You know, they don't know. And you know, this this idea that a lot of a lot of I'm seeing I've seen a lot of old Western tropes here too, mm-hmm. you know, with the idea of the the hero is going into a town and taming the town or trying to put down roots, but realizing that they can never be part of society. Right. You know, they're, you know, you see the same thing in the Mandalorian. You see the same thing in the, in this, in this show too, where because of their background, because of what they have, you know, what they do, they can help out these towns. They can help out these people, but they can never stay. Because yeah. violence follows them wherever they go. I've seen the same thing, and I'm I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out. Uh, because I, it's what I would really like to see is, you know, I I'm I'm curious to see where this will go, uh, <laughs> because we have seen we have seen these tropes before, and like. In the next couple of episodes, the like is it we have two different directions that the plot can go. Mm-hmm. Like the plot that the writers want to have happen is that the batch is they play the the you know they they play the the heroes, the true yeah. heroes, and they yeah. go and they they try to rescue Crosshair and chances are and that could go one of two ways itself like they could show up um it's not a trap and he ends up dying or Mm. it is a trap and by the time they get there he's been brainwashed again yeah or and and on top of that it is a trap um and but the trap wasn't set by him it was being used by hemlock Mm -hmm. um but my question then would become well, what's the alternative? If they don't go and rescue Crosshair, what then? 
Yeah. If they choose to go do something else, where does that take the adventure? Mm. Because it's at this point, like it feels that the the authors have kind of pigeonholed themselves into this scenario where the characters are given a you know they're given a difficult decision: do we go and rescue Crosshair or not? Whether it's whether it's a trap. Um. And, but there really is only one decision for them to make because yeah. there's no al- there's no alternative. They can't go and face Sid because they've already dealt with that off screen. Right. Um, I doubt that they're going to have time to do another earthquake episode on Pabu. That would just right. be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, th- there's really nothing else for them to do other than, hey, let's go rescue our, our psycho buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, then the question is: is now do you know if they have um, greenlit a third season? Mm, I have no idea. Uh, let me check because, that out. On because that would really also could dictate the ending of the seat how the season ends. Yeah, um, because if they just do a season two, if they just do two seasons, then you, I mean, there's, I mean, obviously various ways you could go, considering the fact that we don't, you know, haven't seen, you know, the Bad Bat show up or mentioned anywhere else so far. You know, obviously that's for various reasons, but... Yeah. So, um, what I'm seeing here is that it says uh, I'm looking at fresher fresherslive.com. Okay. And it says, uh, despite rumors of an upcoming announcement, there is currently no information available about the release date or renewal of Star Wars: The Bad Batch season three. Hmm. Until the second season concludes, there will be no details available about the third season. Okay. Um, so it's, it's probable that they won't even, that they won't even do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to say. Cause yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, that will, you know, also, to, you know, how the season ends will kind of, might maybe kind of show because obviously last season ended, you know, with some closure, but also very open-ended where we knew something was going to happen after this, you know, will we get that type of ending again with a very open ended ending where, you know, we can kind of see, or will it be a very, you know, a very strong finale where, okay, we know we're not going to get any more bad batch. You know, will we see a member of the batch die? That's basically what I'm getting at. If anything, if we do see a character die, my prediction is that we'll either see Crosshair die because he's finally doing something selfless instead of instead of trying to kill something, yeah. or we're going to see Hunter get wounded and it's going to be left open ended, which could lead its way towards a third season. Yes, yeah. I think um, I think a, a even more like if you want to do with a gut punch, I think Wrecker. Would be the Dude. gut punch, Jeff. That would be the gut punch. Yeah, because oh, because like, if you want to get if you want to get like an emotional 
reaction from the audience, from especially from Omega, kill off Wrecker. Well, I think my thought would be is see because uh, uh, they've already announced the names for the the two episodes. One uh, the the next episode is called the Summit. And the final episode is called Plan 99. Mm. And so my thought would be it is the real gut punch would not just be the death of Wrecker, but the death of Wrecker while trying to protect uh, Omega. And she's taken anyway. Ways into season three. Because if Hemlock gets what he's after, which is Omega, you know, that would be the gut punch for the audience because then it really leaves it on a cliffhanger. It's like, where do they go from now? Mm. I was thinking the same thing, but I was thinking, you know, for to continue the redemption of Crosshair, if Wrecker was killed protecting Crosshair, saving Crosshair. Yeah, that would work towards the redemption arc of um for that character. Yeah. But your idea is just, ooh, that's. I'm a writer. It's what I do. This is true. This How is, best yeah. can I traumatize my audience? <laughs> <laughs> and still make them read what I want them to read. Yes. It's exactly. <laughs> Man, do I have a story to tell you off the air? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, really quickly. Um, Let's touch a little bit on the latest episode of Mando because we had the return of uh, Misa back. Yeah, George anyway, Binks. Hey, well, at least the actor who played him. Yes, Ahmed Best re- returned. Uh, I don't remember what the name of his Jedi character was. Yeah, ironically, I think it was the same character he played when they would do the uh, Tales of the Jedi Temple. Yeah, uh, it was a game show where he played a Jedi Knight who led the the kids through. Uh, this Jedi trial temple very much in uh, lines with the Nickelodeons, um, the old Nickelodeon show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Legends of the hidden temple. Legends of the hidden temple. Very much. in I that love type that of show. Vein. That yeah, was a that great was show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... I, I, I thought the episode was really, I mean, um, you know, it, it was well-directed, well-paced, but it was, it was so short. It um, was. And After it, last week's long, you know, super long episode, yeah, to have just kind of a short, um, you know, was, uh, almost bottle episode ish. You know, everything was just kind of contained, not not like in the news, but everything was just kind of contained on that one world. You know, yeah. very much. You know, it was cool though seeing the seeing the Mandalorians training. Uh, it was although it was although cool. I don't get the idea of them just randomly shooting into the into the into the lake like there yeah that like, that felt that, that, no like that felt you're, very you're, much like like um one of those scenes where like you ever see the movie true lies where uh, you have, like there's a scene towards the 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 going into the third act where they they're getting ready to arm a um, a nuclear weapon and the terrorists are just like shooting up into the air and cheering and it's like yeah. what a waste of ammunition all right. like, there's there's no army in the world that would actually do that unless they're trying to get someone's attention. It's like yeah. so stupid and pointless. Yeah. Um, but and that's what that felt like for me. But the thing I got annoyed with is like is like we've seen Mando use his jetpack 
so many times without ever running out of fuel. Mm -hmm. And here we have like five, we have, you know, at least three or four Mandalorians all chasing after this dragon pterodactyl thing. And like they run out of fuel within five minutes. Yeah. Like not even that. It's like, do you run around with your jetpacks like, you know, filled like a third of the way? What's, what's, is, is yeah. fuel that expensive? I mean, is Biden's inflation rate really messing that up for you guys? But and I mean, also, like, like the only intelligent person who was in that group was, was Bo Katan. She's like, oh, I'm going to get on my ship and track this thing. Bo. <sighs> yeah. And did that dragon have the uh, have the worst case of dry mouth? Seriously, because when when that little family when the family dropped out of its mouth, there wasn't an uh, ounce of saliva or goo or anything, and he that poor kid been in that mouth for a, a long time. At least a day. At least yeah. a day. Because <laughs> they because like he was picked up. He I, I don't know at what point the you know the bird you know swallowed him. Yeah. But then they they give chase, they go back, they they make their plan, they they go and they and they camp. They can't. That kid was inside that bird's stomach for at least a day before he got vomited up. Yeah, yeah. They they took a lot of of uh, hope, you know, hope for that 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 dragon bird thing was wasn't already gonna oh my gosh. Eat, eat it. Um, I, I was against dad. I'd be like, uh, guys, you know, I don't mean to, but that's my kid up there. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean to be that guy, but your kid is pretty much toast at this point. Um, oh my gosh. It was, I mean, the, 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 the show was action packed, but it just, again, it feels like, a fill this one felt definitely like a filler episode. Yeah, I did like that we got a little bit of more backstory on on Grogu. Uh we saw how he was saying, you know, um we're seeing him be a lot more mobile. Yeah, we are um, seeing that. I and I think that's I think that's great, but it's like is he you know what what's his age comparison? Because I mean we know he's at least 50 years old as far yeah. as as far as standard years, but I mean, mentally, what does that make him? First, we're told that he's a little baby, you know, and he's completely helpless and can't take care of himself. And now we're at a point where, like, he's hopping around, like, you know, like he's in his, yeah. you know, well, mid adolescence. In the in the uh, flashback scene, um, the the Ahmed uh, Ahmed Bess clearly calls him a youngling. Yeah, because he said, you know, save the young. They say save the youngling. Um, so we definitely know as far as the Jedi ranking, he is not, he had not become a Padawan. He was still a youngling. Correct. Um, and that could be any age, you know, any, you know, cause younglings usually were like, usually it's like 12 or 13 when a, they were taken on as a Padawan, I believe. I think depending on, I'm sure depending on race and, and maturity, you know, yeah, yeah, and they had to pass certain trials as well before they could be selected as a paddle. Because, like, yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi was almost phased out and taken to like the food core or whatever, yeah. uh, before Qui Gon came around. Was like, eh, I want that kid, yeah. Um, but you know, 
the thing that I had I, I found was very interesting is that um, just the way that it, it's it feels like the, a lot of the decisions that are happening are are very contrived as far as the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we're running it again, just like we had with book of Boba Fett, we're running into another moment where you have the main character getting emasculated and upstaged by a strong female character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we saw that happen with Boba Fett and Fennec Shan. Don't get me wrong. Fennec Shan, awesome character. But yeah. when you have a story or a show called The Book of Boba Fett and he's hardly in it and she gets the majority of the screen time, that is problematic. All right. And the other problem I have for this is that the uh, I mean, we've got four episodes of Mando left and it feels like the writers have already accomplished the one thing that they were trying to do, uh, which was to to show uh, Din Djarin's redemption as a Mandalorian. Yeah. We got that done with in two episodes. What's what else can we do at this point? Mm. I mean, the, the covert is not looking at going back to the Mandalorian homeworld. Right. I mean, they have proof positive that the air is not toxic, that the living water still exists. Yeah. If, if yeah, I mean, they really cared about restoring their homeworld, why haven't they gone back? Mm. Why are they still hanging out on this this podunk planet, getting attacked by dragons and and crocodiles? Yeah, when they could be doing so much more with their time. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we'll find out uh, tomorrow when the new next episode. I'm hoping. Uh, maybe we'll get a little bit more clarity on what's going on and where the story is going from there. Yeah. Um, so as we wrap up, um, first of all, big announcement, as I was mentioning, on April 10th, we will be doing a special episode on a Star Wars through, well, particularly the Clone Wars uh, from the view of people who are in actually in the military, we're going to be having a special couple, spe- couple, a couple of special guests. We're going to be having uh, Brian Miller. Brian is a good fan of the show. Um, he is the host of the Star Wars Canon podcast, and uh, he is also a writer on StarWarsNewsNet.com, uh, which the website you just mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Earlier, he's a writer on there. He is also former military, from uh, former army. I'm not sure what rank he held, uh, but uh, he's a good friend of the show. Former co-host, also. And on another note, he is the designer of this. That's awesome. It'll be good to have yeah. him on the show. Yeah, yeah. And we're also having. Uh, let me f- make sure I get the name his name right here, real quick. Just a second. Uh, yes, here it is. One second. Thomas Harper. Uh, Thomas is a... Uh, also, um, he is the host of Legal Geeks, a, <clears throat> uh, a, a, a geeky podcast where lawyers discuss 
lawyer topics within Star Wars. Uh, he has been a guest on the show before. He helped us out with our uh, Trial of Darth Vader show uh, about a year ago. A lot of fun. He is an officer in the JAG Corps, currently serving. I believe he is, I think he's reserved, but he's still, he might still be active duty, but he is a, I believe, major in the U.S. Army and is going to be helping discuss it. They're both going to be helping discuss the Clone Wars through the eyes of a soldier and an officer. Uh, That'll be fun to get two different views on it. So that's going to be a lot That'll of be fun. A lot of fun. Hope you guys uh, will join. That will be, I think so. Yeah. Um, so get your questions ready. Uh, as doing something a little bit different. We haven't had a uh, guest and kind of roundtable discussion for a while. So looking forward to getting back into that. Absolutely. And yeah. Uh, so with that being said, Garrett, why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can find you? Well, you guys can find me on a couple of platforms. First is uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at GKJ underscore publishing. Uh, that uh, I post about my books. I post about my uh, my writing journey. And I share uh, promo material for my show, The Right Way, which can be found on YouTube. Again, you can find me there, GKJ Publishing. I'm the only one with that, that, uh, that at. Uh, you don't have to do the underscore on... on uh, on YouTube, it's just on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I actually have my spring preview coming up on this Saturday, the April the 1st, uh, where I'm talking about what's coming up through the months of May, June, and July, as well as uh, all the month throughout the month of April. I will be doing a an author interview marathon uh, that uh, that is so each week instead of doing like top 10 lists or uh, or author or uh, I'm sorry uh, writing tips. It's just all, every week is a different author that I'm interviewing. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, as for us right here, of course, you can email us at warthestars1 at gmail.com. Uh, there is also our Twitter handle. Uh, all our social media, just search War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, check us out on all those places. Check out our Facebook group. All the fun stuff going on there. Wherever we are, also wherever fine podcasts are heard, Spotify especially. Check us out there. Um, just search "War of the Stars" and "Star Wars Podcast" again. You can check us out. Uh, our merch store. Just search uh, spreadshop spreadshirt.com forward slash shop forward slash War of the Stars um, for cool merch. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash four of the stars and also don't forget our other sh- our other show star wars for the eyes of a child where me and my daughter lily are going through the clone wars in chronological order uh we'll hopefully be getting a new episode up pretty soon um this week we had a lot of stuff going on we were pretty busy so we were not able to record unfortunately but we will make sure we get another episode up as soon as we can. So check that out. I believe that is about it. Did I forget anything? Nah, if we if if we forgot anything, we'll put it into next week's episode. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. This is the way.